because of the prophecy God has given us about this church, that is, at the beginning of the month, of the year, the Lord told us few things that will happen in our nation, United Kingdom, and the Lord told us also what will happen in this house. Now what God said will happen in the United Kingdom has already taken place. If you go back to that prophecy, I told you I saw a nation on the 22nd of a month, like a sheep without shepherd. And furthermore, a few days after the Lord said, mark the month of May. And on the 22nd of May this year, a decision was made to relieve the previous prime minister. And for a season, our nation was without a shepherd. And when the commotion was going on about this, uh, you know, office to be filled, I told you before we went to Israel that God has told us who will win, who will be the next prime minister. And I said, it's my friend. And I said to you that for uh, ethical reasons, I will be quiet about mentioning the person. But I want to say this to you, our friend is now the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. And we will give him support. The Bible says everyone should be subject to the high authority above him. For there is no authority but from God. I want to say this before I go into teaching you briefly. Many people do not understand that prophecy is not the wish of a man. When God gives prophecy... He does not give prophecy because you like somebody. God tells you what will ensue. He knows the end of the matter before the beginning. And he tells you the end of the matter at the beginning of the matter. And there is nothing you can do about it. You cannot pray against it. You cannot pray for it. When the Lord says that this person will have a twin and they will be boys... God did not say that so that you can pray for it or pray against it. Because even if you pray against what God has said, it will still happen. Because He is God. So it's not subject to political affiliation or subject to uh, affinity of alliance or, or, or you know, um, uh, partis- or, or enshrined in partisan opinion. It is prophecy is God revealing what will happen. Now, the next step is this. This man has now sat in 10 Downing Streets. Alright? Now that he is now the authority of our country, what is the duty of Christians? The Bible says pray for those who rule over you. Alright? Anytime in the nation that God says somebody will win, you always have a lot of um, people who contest against it because of ignorance, because people have various opinions and affinities with rulership. But you see, a man like myself do not. I may have in my heart a desire for something to be, but certainly when God speaks about what will be, it hasn't got to do with my desire opinion. I decided that according to the scripture, Christ with tabernacle must prosper in this government. So what will I do 
then, apart from hearing from God, is to listen to the man that God put there. And I did listen to him. I wonder how many of you have been following Boris Johnson when he went to Manchester. If you don't follow that guy, you may miss out from the blessing that is upon Britain. Blessing is hanging over this nation. Whatever way we decide whether we go Brexit without, um, without a deal or we decide to have a deal. Let me tell you what I've started to do. And I want, I'm saying this because I want to teach you briefly about Christ's faith tabernacle. Those of you who are members of this household must know that God is your focus, not man. Take God out of the equation, then you enter into a peculiar mess. Remember? When any government comes in a nation, I see God. What is the good in this government? And I do that because of you, so that I can tell you where the spindle is going. As a spiritual oversight over Christ with Tabernacle, I have a bonded duty to make sure that you are informed spiritually, you are informed intellectually, so that the ministry of this house does not only look at your spiritual, it improves your, your mental, it improves your finance, it improves your family life. And when I listened to Boris, what he was speaking, when he went to Manchester, I will tell you, I will hold a summit for you, where you, we will look at, we will table his words. And those of you who are academicians here will brainstorm all the knowledge of academics we have, we have, we have read with the information in our disposal so that we can direct this church right. I will tell you my own position. The moment Boris was talking about um, hard Brexit, Brexit without um, a deal. You know what I decided? I picked up my book on WTO rules and I began to read. What is no deal? No deal means a default of WTO. What is WTO? What is available to a country that is time to be a new country as we cannot be part of what they call MFN, most favored nation, because we're a first world country. So then, what defaults are we going to get into? And I have begun to write what will be available to our government. In the area of provision of international trade and stuff, in the area of revenues and in the area of, you know, all the custom excise or any other levies that could be attached to it, looking into various countries and looking into our own trade in the United Kingdom, especially the trade that are focused into the EU. That is me. This is not spiritual. This is looking at what I have studied to see how I can better the vision of the ruler of our country. And when I was reading through it, I discovered many things that make my heart happy. In the midst of chaos, there is tranquility. Jesus was in the boat when there were storms. Everywhere people say there is no life. There is always a life hidden under the ground. For in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was void and formless. It takes a man that walks by the Spirit of God to see life when he's, when he's looking at death. It takes a man who follows the word of God to letter to see provision in a desert. And so, 
If you are a member of this church or you listen to me on the television across the globe, it is not a time for you to be frustrated. A new breeze is blowing over the United Kingdom. If you are a third country, as they will call it, there is any country that is not UK itself, there is a lot of opportunities that you can set your spindle to and creep into the economy of this country to make this country great. What about if you do all your researches and position yourself and eventually you had a deal, it will make it easier for you to thrive. But if you, the Bible says he that watches the wind will not sow. Any one of you who listen to me, don't be critic. Don't criticize what you don't know. Because all media today are liars. I say that again, all media available on earth are liars. Because some people manipulate them to give the information they want them to give. We haven't got an independent opinion media. However, when people speak the lie, you can know the truth. Am I saying something? Because the truth is opposite of lie. Hallelujah, somebody. And if people say something that you think is a lie, it gives you an opportunity to go and do your independent research so that you may discover the truth. And that's the way I want you to reason. The Bible has covenant with those of us who are born again. I showed you during the week and in the seminar with the ministers. Let me read one of the covenants to you. Look at the book of Deuteronomy 28. And let's look at verse 12. It says in verse 12. Deuteronomy, please. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty to send rain on my hand. Did you see yourself there? Hello? He will send rain on my hand, he will send rain on my land, he will send rain on my head, so that my head can think good. In this season, and to bless all the work of my hands, this is God's covenant with those who are born again. Whether the economy is bad or good, God will bless the works of your hand. Look at what he says, therefore. You will lend to many nations, but borrow from what? None. A Christian should not be a bankrupt person. That is, if you have something in your hand, you should not be somebody who is always bankrupt. No, you must have something in your hand. For the Bible says, the hand that does not what you not eat. Amen? Come on now, I can't hear you. Amen. Now look at the next verse. I love that. Read it for yourself. Shall we? Come on now, you can start from somewhere, but you'll get to the top. Amen. You will start from somewhere. Because that scripture suggests to us, interesting thing, the Lord will make you head, okay? Not the tail, okay? So, then he went further to say, If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day, and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. If you look at the word, you will top the word where it says you will be at the top. He qualified the word top by calling it always. Yes? That implies to us, or it has an implied terms that you will start from the bottom sometime. You will start from the middle sometime. But when you get to the top, you remain there. You will not have a story to say when I used to be a boss. 
or when I used to love God, or when I used to be used by God, when I used to go to heaven, when I used to see angels, it won't be your own story. Because you, once God accelerates you to any height, He does not want you to drop from that height. He wants you to go higher and higher and higher and higher. But you will agree with me that from what we learned on Friday, that information is what you need for faith to arise. And ignorance is what you need not to be able to enjoy benefits. People are surrounded by benefits of God. Those of you who are born again, you are, you are surrounded by angels, you are surrounded by intelligences of God. But your ignorance of their being there for you will be consequential to you laboring to no avail. Doing everything in your power without knowledge, you fail. Therefore, information is what leads to faith. Okay? And faith is what you need to operate every good thing that God has ordained. Hallelujah. And so the Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word. Do you believe that? Say amen. amen. Okay, now let's see the word that God needs you now. When he says you will always be on top, you will never be beneath. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. No, 10, 10. Let's look at 10, 10. I suppose it should be 10, 10. And then I will zoom you into, into this house. Shall we read together? CFT is not reading. Shall we read it in the cathedral way? Did you see that here? It says if the axe is dull, that is your skill. Hello? Many of you looking at me here, you have read two, three masters. Bring them out now. In England. I've been pushing you, read, 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 read. You read, you chattered. Everything that you have shattered, it's time to bring them together. If you are a shattered accountant, shattered engineer, shattered lawyer, shattered, all the shattered. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is time for you to bring it together so that we can now consolidate all our energies and efforts and put them together so that our acts shall be sharpened. So that we must be proactive. We must be ahead of the government of this country. I think um, um, I heard the Prime Minister say, Manchester, Hall, Aberdeen, Liverpool. And I heard the Prime Minister talking about Manchester being the hub of invention of steam engine. Isn't it? And I heard him promising that we have to revert back to that and make that nation, that city, a city of innovation again. If invention came from a city, God had not withdrawn invention from there. It only needs some people who will think in the city and they will come back with the same spirit. Correct? I, I don't necessarily. Some of you are thinking, like, what is Apostle talking about? I'm talking about what I'm talking about. <laughs> Hallelujah. You cannot remain like this when God has blessed our nation. This is the time for Christ with Tabernacle to lend brains to the government of Great Britain. And we will do that. I didn't hear your amen. Yeah. amen. Remember, the sum, today is the day of summary of the month. I give you a little bit of things to deliberate upon. 
We're going to look at Christ with Tabernacle and what we stand for. I've been teaching you about goals, you know, about um, purpose. I told you that a life without a purpose is an unfulfilled life. And I told you that when you wake up every day, always self-examine yourself that what you are doing today is it in line with the purpose for your living. Don't go to a work that does not address your purpose for life. Don't engage in business that people are engaging in it, which does not define your purpose for living. For God said in the book of Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I plan it shall be as I purpose, it will stand. And I said to you that God's plans and purposes for you stand and there will be no power under heaven can stop it. Because Jeremiah 28 verse, 9, uh, verse 11, uh, 29 verse 11, he says that I know the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, isn't it? Plans not, not to harm you, but to bless you, to give you hope and a future. So if God says, I know the plans I have towards you, it means that nobody knows the plan but God. Amen? Amen. Come on now, let's talk together. So all those racketeers of, uh, of uh, you know, whatever they call it, people saying that some witches hinder me here, some people attack me here, you two attack them. If they attack you, what are you looking with your own hands? The church of God should stop that nonsense. People are destroying church because of lack of knowledge. Ignorance kills them, not demons. I would gather now. So I help you to understand, Jeremiah 29, 11, that God's plan for you is hidden in his heart. And God's plan for you is to prosper you. Of course, between your birth to your fulfillment, you go through many suffering. But suffering doesn't harm you, it's to prune you. You go through many disappointment, failures and stuff, it's just to make you better. But if you can hold on God and be faithful, you will get there. Then I said to you also, you must remember, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 2. Never forget it. As I'm getting you this scripture out of my head, you must be able to speak it out of your head as well. That tells me that you are studying it. This scripture says... For I know the plans I have for you. No, 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 go back. Jeremiah 1, 2, I say. Okay, let, let it from verse 5. Verse 5 of 2 of, of Jeremiah. It says, before I formed you in the womb. Okay, let me read from verse 2 so that everybody, some people will be listening to me who do not understand or haven't read that scripture before. It says, before I formed, no, go to verse 2, please. The word of the Lord came to me, to him, in the tenth year. I want, to, I want to show you something here. How God thinks and how God is. And how those who follow Jesus Christ must be. And the reason why many Christians also struggle. God is speaking here. The word of the Lord came to me. As Jeremiah is writing what God said. Look at what he says. The word of the Lord came to me, to him, in the thirteenth year of the reign of Josiah, son of Ammon, king of Judah. Is that not being detailed by Jeremiah? He was a scholar. He just started, finished studying Jeremiah now. You can see one of the impetus behind his success. He says, 
The next verse 3, please. And through the reign of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, down to the fifth month of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, son of Josiah, king of Judah, when the people of Jerusalem went into exile, the word of the Lord came saying, this man was a detailed man. Before he started to talk, he wrote down detailed information for everyone to know when he received the revelation and without a miss. Knowing when he received the revelation and talking about the kings that reigned during that period, you can look at the story of the kings and you will find the writing in the, in the book of Anal about Jeremiah. And you will be able to understand no wonder. Because these kings were on, in the throne and this is what they were, no wonder God said these messages. That will put you in a better position to understand the messages. I will together now. So, details, inf- detailed information like this in the Bible is not there just for, you know, brush through. No, it is there for a meaning. And then the next verse, 5, which is what we want, we want to use here. Before I formed you in your womb, in the womb, I knew you. I say God's, God foreknew you, or God's knowledge of you predates your conception. God didn't just know you after you were conceived. You have existed in the heart of God before your conception. That is the reason why he also further said, Before you were born, I set you apart. I said to you that your destiny was coded by God before you were born. When a child is in the womb, God coded his destiny. That's the reason why if a child is conceived at whatever time, once you recognize conception, if you terminate it, you have committed murder. Or maybe manslaughter, if you can establish that before God. I didn't see manslaughter in the Bible. I only saw mother. So, which means every child aborted, it is a destiny aborted. I would hear that now. That's why God is not happy with abortion at all. That's a life taken away before it even began. He says, I appointed you as a prophet. To the nation. And I said to you, before you are, you are born, God has ordained your purpose in life. What you should do in life. So if you couple that with the Jeremiah 29.11 that says that I know the plan I have towards you. You can agree with me, therefore, that God's preordination for you, God's purpose for your life, and God's plan for your life is enshrined and embedded in the heart of God. Anybody who tries to say that I can tell your future to you is a liar. Unless somebody who can enter into God and decode him. And it's by the Holy Spirit only. That's the reason why Satan does not have knowledge of destiny. He tries all manners of things to try to woo you to his ways. So that when he woos you to his ways, he can block your ways. Because it cannot destroy your destiny. That's the reason why no matter how much far away you have gone, no matter how much dead in sin you are, once you recognize salvation by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Bible says your past I remember no more. God forgives all your past and he does not remember it anymore. I would get the now. Some people don't understand that. Read for me, and I think I mentioned that scripture to you. Salvation, when you are born again, who are you now? Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse, verse um, 
17. If a man be in Christ Jesus is a what? New creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. God doesn't need your help in that to make that happen than for you to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. You don't need deliverance from anybody. It is insanity for anyone to say that after Jesus set you free, a minister needs to set you free. It's total insanity. If somebody says that after you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have been set free according to the book of um, John 8 from 31, it means therefore that the blood of Jesus is not potent enough to deliver what he promised. Come, are we talking sense here? Jesus said to the Jews who have known him, he says, if you, if you keep my commandments, you will know the truth. If you follow me and do what I teach, you will know the truth. John 8, 31. And he says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And once you know the truth, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you know the truth, you are set free automatically. That's what the Bible tells me. My own father was a wizard, and I've never seen anybody conduct deliverance from my father after I got born again. And he was used as a prophet of the living God. I came from his womb, uh, from his body. My mother was a princess of Ba. She got born again. And nobody conducted deliverance for her, conducted deliverance for her, because Jesus saved her. Jesus delivered her. I was born as the first son out of her womb. Am I bound? Do I look like somebody bound before your eyes? You come and try it. I will, I will go back to my boxing gloves and we will have to rack it together. Because whoever the son shall set free, say, whoever the son set free, what determines your freedom is who set you free. If it's pastor who set you free, then pastor will deliver you. Amen. But if the Son of God set you free, you are free indeed. Come on now. Go to the book of Romans, chapter 4, verse uh, 7. Romans chapter 4, verse 7. Let's read it together, please. Blessed are those. CFT, read. Yes. Where are they? Who are the people? Look at the next verse. Whether you've committed adultery, whether you have committed murder, whether you have been homosexual, whether you have been a wizard, whether you have been a prostitute, whether you have been a man abuser, woman abuser, whether you have been a pedophile or five pedo, anything you were. <laughs> Hallelujah forevermore. The Bible says, blessed are you when your sins are forgiven. God will never count them again. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. We just came from Israel. I won't be able to show you the photographs of Israel today, but I'll do that tomorrow and next Sunday. Blessed are you when your sins are forgiven. God will never count it against you anymore. That's the reason why I could not be blamed for my father's sins. I could not be punished by God for my ancestral sins. Why? Does the Bible say so? Look at verse 25 of chapter 3. Let's read together. Shall we? Put it on the board, 25 of verse chapter 3, Romans, that in his computer, don't worry. Shall we read it now, please? God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. He did it so there was set in because he forgave us, he had left his sins committed for us. 
Therefore, Jesus paid the price, and God in his forbearance had left the sins committed beforehand to go unpunished. So that is any sin before you were born again. So whether it's your father, it's your grandfather, it's your ancestral sin, this Bible tells me, once you come to the blood of Christ, they, they become obsolete in its effects. You are now the righteousness of God, not by work, not by obedience, but by the blood of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It is hard for man to understand this because man is used to suffering to earn everything. I will together now. Get that right in your spirit. I have 15 more minutes to speak. Remember the scripture that we looked at and we went all this way. Ecclesiastes 10 10. It says, When the axe is dull, it takes a stronger strength to cut the tree. So I will advise some of you, you need to go back to school in September. Some of you need to go back and read. No matter what degree you have, get yourself current. Because the storm that UK has entered into will be steered for three years. Write me down. The storm that we have just passed through was a little chaos. Coming before us is a greater chaos. And it will demand people who are skilled and up to date. When they retrench people, if you are the first consideration to be retrenched, something is wrong with you. I will together now. As a child of God, you must obey the Bible. The Bible says that you should brush in your skill all the time. You must be relevant at all times. Isn't it? Colossians 3.23 Whatever you do, do it with all your heart. Don't leave this one. Do it with all your heart. I gave it to you yesterday, didn't I? Anything you do as a Christian, you must do it with all your heart. Of course, a Christian cannot do evil. So someone can tell me, the apostle said, do it with all your heart. <laughs> and what you are doing is by biting, such gossiping. No, you Christians don't do things like that. Do it all your heart. Put your heart into your doors. Be a representative of God in your office. Don't get involved. When you get in politics, don't get involved in conniving against innocent men. Politics does not mean to be stupid. I will together now. If people in the party are being stupid, you can set a standard and start a new era by being forceful on the truth and vocal. There are many people in bondage who, if someone would just think differently and is vocal enough, you will you'll be amazed how many people have been waiting for that. Are we together now? So, write this down again. A life without goal is an aimless life. Write it down. A life without a goal is an aimless life. A life without purpose is an unfulfilled life. And a life without daily self-examination is a frustrated life. Now, 
for 10 minutes. Let me run you through. What is Christ with Tabernacle Church? Christ with Tabernacle Church was established by God in the United Kingdom almost about 30 years ago. By next week, next year, 1st of March, this church will be 30. We are an apostolic and a prophetic church who believe in the scripture, Scotland. We accept the literary writing of the scripture as a valid basis for application of the scriptures. That is saying that every member of this church must understand the story as written before you can find yourself in it. Because of that, we do not peddle on doctrines. We do not believe in anything that Jesus did not do. We do not practice anything that we did not see Jesus and the apostles practice. We operate in all the night gates of the Spirit, as we in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, from verse 7 to 12. And really, next month end is Holy Ghost Convention. We believe that we are one of the remnants of God on earth, who will be used in the end time revival, and who will bring in the order that is necessary for the church of God on earth. So our main focus is to be like Jesus Christ, every one of us, young and old. We have a vision which can be trans- translated into a mission statement. Our vision is to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And we derive that from the book of Matthew 24, verse 14, which says, And on this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So Christ the Tabernacle believe in taking the gospel of the kingdom, that's the whole gospel of God, into the ends of the earth. And apostles of that, we have been able to reach nations like India. Our Indian pastor just left now after the, after the uh, minister's retreat. We have been able to set up in, from India into Nepal. A number of branches there. We have been able to set up in Nigeria, in Africa. Nigeria reached out to Cameroon. Our outreach has reached Togo, Benin Republic, where we have some churches as well. Cote d'Ivoire, which we have reached out in our missions. Sierra Leone, Liberia, which we have reached out in missions. We believe very much that wherever we go, we engage other Christians. When we go into a place where we have Christians and we are sent there by God, we will engage and collaborate with the Christians there. And the souls that are want to the kingdom there, we give them to the Christians who are there. We equip their, their leaders, empower the churches so that their churches can become stronger. We do not plant church in every nation that we are sent to because we believe in collaboration and engagement, which is a symptom, is, is also a factor of high impact leadership. The kingdom of God is what we are about, not the kingdom of Christ with tabernacle. We have been, our outreach has gone as far as Burkina Faso. And of course, Jamaica. And of course, the Middle East through our television outreach and the Americas. However, from the vision of reaching the whole world with the gospel of Christ, we wrapped up our vision into a simple mission statement, which is demonstrating God's power through love and building overcomers for tomorrow. This mission statement is 
is the is the statement that that um, you know um, defines our strategies. It is what drives us. Is our driver. In anything we do, it has to address this value. We believe that sinners can be saved when they see the demonstration of God's power. The lame walk, the blind see, the dead are raised. A gospel without demonstration of God's power is no gospel. It's void of God. That spell is void of God. And it cannot be gospel. So we believe, therefore, that we have to equip ourselves for us to be able to manifest as Jesus did in various nations. And we have testimonies of people that God have healed, the lame, the blind. A few dead bodies have been raised in the ministry of this church with valid records, even among us. We see the mighty power of God, which is demonstration, demonstrated through love for humanity. And we believe in building individual members as overcomers for tomorrow. So we can see that we have our sphere of influence as we looked at in the, in the, the minister's convention, uh, which is divided into one, internal and external spheres of influence. We believe in developing and empowering our internal sphere of influence, which is the members of the church. And we believe very much in affecting our external influence to the ends of the earth, which is everyone from our community to the ends of the earth. Now, mission is expressed, our mission is expressed in three ways. Number one, reaching the world one man at a time. If you look at to reach the world, if you look at the world, it looks so cumbersome. How can we reach the world? Of course, we started 30 years ago in a house in my flat, in uh, my room, not flat now, sitting room in London. But today we are in various nations of the earth. By capturing women from our neighborhood at a time to go into nation and capturing women at a time. We believe in reaching the whole world one man at a time. Our second mission is expressed as transforming the nations. We can transform nations one man at a time. Our nation can be transformed by us alone one man at a time. You know something? I'm talking about Christ's faith tabernacle. I'm not talking about the ecclesia of God, which is the churches of God. Every church must find their mission and their vision and implant it into those who are called by God into that mission so that everybody can carry that function and do it. But I want to say this to you. If God started this church just by giving me an open revelation and it started in my sitting room and now it's across the whole globe, it can be for each member of this church. You are global-minded, but you start from one man at a time. Little drops of water from an ocean. Our third way of expressing our mission is empowering community one man at a time. Now, over the period of years, we have set up various groups in the church. The medical group, which comprises of all who are medical doctors, nurses, and the rest of them, physiotherapists, and the rest of you. We have the engineering group, which comprises all engineers of various engineering uh, skills, from civil to electric and chemical, and the rest of them. We have the business group, which comprises people who are MBAs, chief executives, and directors in various organizations. And out of that, they have set up the... Uh, 
um, group that helps people to do CVs, the group that can help you restructure a CV or train you on how to perform an interview so that you have a job. And they look for, they, they, they help those who are out of job to go back to job. You had a testimony on Friday, and these are the groups also that are looking into how can we now syndicate with the local authority around us so that we can reach those who are non-Christians with that values. I think this summer they were planning to uh, set up a, a, a table on the marketplace where they will help people, train people on CV writing and, you know, communicate with them, help them understand how to look for job, where to look for job and stuff like that. And this group is the business consortium. But then we have the law group as well, who, you know, um, help members in the areas of legal issues. So that our members will not be victims of lawyers who are not professionals. A non-professional lawyer is a lawyer who, who makes people. A professional lawyer is a lawyer who does his job, you know, uh, from the hard mindset of a, a humanitarian. And so we have the law group in the church which comprises of lawyers from various skills, barristers, and, and, um, and solicitors. All this setup in church is geared towards empowering the community one man at a time. Now, having said that, let me give you scriptures to back up those claims. Number one, reaching the world one man at a time. The, book, the Bible says in the book of Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations the whole world, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. And this is the mandate of the church of God. The second thing is Mark 16, 19-20. It says, After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven, and he, he, set, he sat at the right hand of God, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord walked with them and confirmed his word by signs and wonders that accompanied. So, we must preach the world. We can transform the world one man at a time. I want to say this to you. I want this building filled with people who have not known Christ or people who have a vague knowledge of him, but they are looking for the truth. Go out and tell them in your offices. Go out and share it among your friends and neighbors. If there's anybody who wants to know Jesus Christ, he hasn't known him yet, tell him you can know him here. This is a place where you can, you can question the speaker. You have question time with the apostle? Anything I teach you, I tell you, Jesus, the Bible, God said that you walk with me, I command you me. You know, question me, ask me. When Jesus was talking to his disciples, he said to them, that, What do people say I am? And then they said all manner of stuff, and Jesus says, that, What do you say I am? All right, and they say, You are Jesus, the Son of God. He said, Yeah, you just got it right. Because Jesus was a, is a transformational leader, and that is principle of transformational leadership. This is a place where you can dialogue with the speaker, you can dialogue with the one who is the founder. And you can understand. If anything you don't understand, we go into the scriptures. And we are able to do that because we do not teach anything apart from what is written. If what we are teaching is what is written, every question of humanity has an answer in what is written in the Bible. Therefore, in reaching out to the whole world, 
That's what just said. The disciples went out and preached everywhere. You must preach everywhere. Preach in the bus, preach in the tube, preach in the office. You know, express your religion everywhere. You have the right to do that, the legal right to do that under Human Rights Act. You can tell everybody what you believe. And you must make sure if you are talking in the office area environment, you are not usurping your office time to work. It can be best protected when you discuss such during your break time. Because that is not under a classified time so that anybody could validate you. Number two, transforming nations. Now, Matthew 5.16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men. We believe in transforming nations, one man and another. They, so it says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We must publish the good deeds that God is doing through us. We must publish the good deeds that God is doing through you. You must share the experience of your life with other people so that they can know who Jesus Christ is and that they can get out of their mess as well. The Bible says, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him that bring good news, proclaiming peace, announcing news of happiness, and saying unto Zion, like God reigneth. Number three, empowering community. Matthew 5, 14 to 15. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl or bushel. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Your stand is Christ. Your light must affect everyone. Your values that you stand for must be rigid, firmly established in Christ, and you must publish it. You must stand by it so that your community can know who you are, and through you know who Jesus is. If you have a good uh, product, you cannot be ashamed of introducing your product to anybody. Am I saying something sensible? This church, you are compelled by heaven to shine. You are compelled to help somebody who is not a Christian, regardless of what they believe or what they do. Separate the act of people, the conduct of people from the people because Jesus died for the people. Don't go about condemning them. Hey, homosexual, you are going to hell. Who told you that? Yeah, you this, you are going to hell. You don't know God. Which is you were born and rose in fire. Among those people today are evangelists and apostles for tomorrow. You remember that you may not, you may not think you are as bad as them, but you are, we were bad also equally. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. These guys are looking for solution. They don't know it. You show them the way. Through love. I want to see people in this building from every area of Satan. People who have been delivered from the works of darkness. I tell you something, give me one of them, we can turn the nation around. These are the guys who Jesus died for. You in the church, he didn't die for you because his death is what brought you to the church. When you enter the church, he didn't die anymore. He resurrected for you so that you can walk in power. But his death is still for those who are outside, who are yet to be saved. And we have a job. To bring, empower them and bring them into the kingdom. Now, in conclusion and closing today, our trajectory to achieve all this, one, we must, is enshrined in giving sense of purpose to every man that you meet. 
that is an instrumental way to transformation. Giving man a sense of purpose is instrumental to transforming them. Don't let people meet you and regret that they ever passed through you. For God's sake. Anytime people meet you, be at your best behavior. Even if they are their most terrible behavior, because you are washed by the blood, be able to accommodate them. You know, it is easy to point to the errors of other people because error or truth is defined in the eyes of the beholder. But God wants us to give people sense of purpose. If you tell someone something is wrong, tell them why and tell them what to do. So that you don't look like someone condemning them. Identify with them first. That I too, I used to be this way. It may not be their own way, but you too were something. You know something you did before, you know? Amen? Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> Is that Mr. Righteous here? When you were born, you came out singing, Righteousness. Righteousness. And your mother said, eh? When you say, Why? You say, Holiness. <laughs> All men have sinned and fallen short. Have compassion on your brothers who are yet to know the Lord. So give sense of purpose. The second trajectory is collaboration and engagement, which is the key to innovation. And that collaboration and engagement is applied, first of all, to among yourself. Collaborate, engage one another. In various departments, work as a team. The leader should not oppress the younger because I don't oppress anyone here. Abi, you are welcome to the paradise. If, when I say some language, after I've gone, if Jesus started, you'll be remembering me with Abi, isn't it? <laughs> say, that man came from Nigeria before he became a British. So, collaborate with one another. Bear with one another, Jesus said, and engage one another. Celebrate people's strength and compensate their weaknesses. Don't exploit their weakness because you also have your weakness. And submit in the area of your weakness so that you can use somebody else's strength to be able to get your result. And those of you who have the strength and you help others, when they succeed, go behind them and celebrate them, not you. I would gather now. When I put you on pulpit and you are speaking, am I not proud of you? Do I say I'm the one who taught you now? Have you ever heard me say that to any pastor? Good. Collaborate and engage is the key to innovation. You will put people in your departments into position whereby they can have thoughts that are good, which you call innovation, you know, to improve areas of your working. Number three trajectory, trajectory, a trajectory is collaboration. I talk about collaboration uh, and engagement is the key to innovation, but the collaboration I divide into two, collaboration and engagement among members, and then collaboration and engagement with like-minded people outside. Go and look for other Christians, work with them, collaborate with them. What you have known, share with them, learn from what they have, bring it here and let's talk about it. Collaborate with organizations that God, government has set up in the area of common interests. Don't say that they are, they are the world. They are not the world. They are establishments set up by government to help poverty, to help the suffering, which is the fundamental duty of the church. 
You don't say, they say to me, I can't go to that meeting because there are Muslims there. They are human beings. Oh, I can't attend that meeting because you have homosexuals. They are human beings. If the purpose for which the meeting is called is the common good of humanity, take the steering wheel. Many Christians in this country have abandoned things like that for years, and these people have taken over the steering wheel, now we are waking up. Okay? The legislation that was made, or the law that was made, that they should teach children of for homosexuality. If we have Christians in the policy making of education, they won't do that. They won't do that. Those of you who believe that this is worldly, I'm so sorry for you. It is the God did not say you should not follow the world. He says you should not follow the pattern. That is all this your your psyche and you know. What God is not saying when your office is the world, isn't it? And you work there. So if they are going to share government money, be there. Somebody should, I should qualify myself. I'm not saying that they shine it by the brown envelope who understand what I'm saying. I'm saying that if the government has grants to help community and they set up a group in the community, make sure you are the chair. Are you with me now? Governors, all the schools in, in this borough, be governor. If you don't have anything to do, go apply to be governor. Apply to be director, de facto, de facto director, somewhere. Get engaged with what government is doing. So I will be informing you about all what um, our prime minister will be doing in England. Um, um, my friend Boris Johnson. Hallelujah. And when Boris Johnson finishes time and he leaves, we remain low. Any other person who wins? We follow him. Hallelujah. I may be Labour Party and I can vote for Conservative. And I be Conservative Party, I can vote for Labour. Happy? Because I am in a party doesn't mean I should vote when the party is wrong. Did it not happen last two months? Uh-uh. Why are you looking at me for? <laughs> conservative Party members, when Conservative was wrong, they shifted to a flying party. That is a pseudo party. <laughs> party that just flew in and they will fly out like that. So, uh, so what I'm saying to you is that let's put down our this our ego of religiosity and take over Jesus, the Son of God. He will relate with everybody. He will engage with everybody. He will not partake in sin, but he will be a facilitator. So Values, love God, love one another, love God's creation. Those are the three pillars of our values. Love God, love one another with a dying love, undying love, and love God's creation. Our culture is enshrined in service, engagement, collaboration, and transformation. You'll find these things very shortly as you enter this house, so that the culture of this house is known. All what I've been saying to you, you can summarize them in service, engagement, collaboration, and transformation. That is our culture, and our values are enshrined in power, strength, love, care, integrity, transformation, and growth. I have to finish this section. Okay? You remember the three bullet points I gave you? A praying church is a powerful church, so we pray daily here. 
A world church is a strong church. We study the Bible daily. I give you publication of two chapters in the morning, two chapters in the evening. That is a good medicine to know the Bible. And we read the Bible through every half of the year. We finish the whole Bible, Genesis, Revelation, in June, two times. And then we started another Bible reading now from July to, uh, to, to December. We finish the whole Bible now again. Are we together now? A world church is a strong church. A, a, a Christian that knows the word, nothing can overcome him. It's like a lawyer who knows the status. People fear him. When they see him standing for somebody, the judge himself will sit upright. Because somebody is standing before him who knows the law. So, a world church is a strong church. And a family-caring church is a growing church. These are the definition of um, our values. And the strategy, where I'm going to stop. Our strategy is serving communities, transforming nations, one man at a time. And you can do it. I can't hear you. It seems as if I deliver a seminar today. Because today is to teach you who are we? Why are you here? What are we? So that you and I can be reminded again of how God sees us. We may not have gotten there yet, but let me say something to you. By us accustoming ourselves again and again daily into these things, which is more than money or, you know, you, you, are, you have a need of healing or stuff like that, we will live a life that will please the Lord and we will see Bible manifest in our lifetime through you. And I say that um, today I was supposed to keep writing on your bulletin on my encounter with the angel of the Lord last month, 19th of June, at island of Patmos, when an angel appeared to me and taught me for three hours plus. I've done the first part, which is the introduction of it, you know, last Sunday. And I promised that I was going to continue this Sunday, but today is our Thanksgiving day. So I will continue on what the angel said to me by next Sunday. Do, do angels appear? Yes. Are they here? Yes. They are, they are with you all the time. And the things you can do that you begin to have encounters of heaven, that the Lord can take you to heaven. If you are a Christian, you are supposed to have those encounters. But you know, if you don't know the way to England and you live in the village of Nigeria, you will never reach England. We hear about it. Isn't it? Come on, why are you looking at me like that? Same thing if you are in England and you don't know Bagura. You will never see that there is a rock in Olumo. You will be looking for it. Amen. So is encounters in God. If you can do those things, the angel said to me, you will see angels with your eyes like I do. You will be taken to heaven by Jesus Christ like I have been. You can see Jesus face to face on earth like I have. And they are very simple. Remember, what's the first one? What's the first one? Loyalty. Loyalty to God? Why are you looking at me like that? What is the first thing the angel said? He said, it drives God so deeply. So deeply. What's the second one? Dedication or devotion. And what is the third one? Any gift God gave you 
Don't attach money to it. Serve humanity with it. I'm talking about the gift of the Spirit, not your career. Don't place money before serving. Whatever gift you have, serve humanity. Let's stand up together, please. I want us to lift up our voices to God and thank God for this expose. Thank God for the revelation He has given to you. Shall we begin to pray? Thank God for His mercy. Thank God for His glory. Thank God for His power. Thank God for what is yet to happen in England. What is coming upon us in this nation. Give God the praise and honor and glory. Now, speak out. I want to hear you speak. Give God the praise and thanks. Because what is ahead of us is more than what has happened. God has a better plan for you. God has a better purpose for you. You are living because God has a plan for your tomorrow. Nothing can hinder it. You are enshrined in the power of the Most High. So therefore, let us give God the praise. Let us give God the praise. Let us give God the praise. Let us give God the honor. Let us give God the glory. Our God and our King, we bless you. Our God and our King, we exalt you. Thank God for His gift and calling over your life. The rest of this year, you will manifest. The Bible says, what eyes have not seen, no ears have had. No mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. You are a miracle in the hands of God, going to manifest. The earth is the Lord's. Whether they call it Europe or they call it United Kingdom, it belongs to God. Or they call it Africa or America or Brazil, it belongs to God. Greece belongs to God. India belongs to God. And the earth is the Lord's. And God said, ask of me, I will give you nations for inheritance and the ends of the earth for possession. Why don't you celebrate God for that? Father, we bless your holy name. We exalt, we exalt, we exalt, we magnify thee. Give God the praise forevermore. Give God the praise forevermore. Blessed be your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. I don't like that kind of amen. At least I preach very briefly today. Not so. Come on, now I can't hear you. Because we are in a new era, and this is, <laughs> it's not because Pastor Tyre was after me, you know. <laughs> he even forgot the, the time when I was speaking. I want us to thank God for this, or pray towards this. God told us that this is the month of revelation. We still have a few more days for this month to finish. You will tell the Lord unto God who cannot lie. I call unto you. Visit me before the end of this month. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Tell the Lord, open my eyes. The Bible says, mystery belongs to God. Things revealed belong to us. Tell the Lord, open my eyes. 
tell the Lord. Tell the Lord, there is still a deep thing about you God wants to reveal before the end of this month. He will surely visit your house. That man of Galilee will pass through you this month. Tell the Lord, open my understanding. Take me in the spirit. Jeremiah said, I was in the spirit. John said, I was in the spirit on the day of the Lord. Tell the Lord, let me have an encounter of the spirit. Carry me, oh God, by the spirit. He said, the revelation of God, which he gave to Jesus Christ, to show to his servant, he sent his holy angel. Revelation chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And who showed it to John? Tell the Lord, send your angels to me in these last few days, that I may receive revelation from them. I may receive insight from them. I want angelic visitation. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Are not all angels, ministry, spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Tell the Lord, send your angels to my house. Send them to my dreams. No more nightmares. Let me have visions and revelations. My life should not be hidden. My future should not be a mystery. Enable me to understand. Enable me to know. Enable me to see. <coughs> oh, sovereign Lord. Randaleboska pragado salabahai. The Bible says, whatever you ask in my name, you receive it. It said, you have not received because you have not asked. It said, ask that your joy may be full. King of heaven, blessed be your name. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. The last prayer you want to pray today is this. God told us from January that the month of August shall be the month of harvest. My Lord. All your labor from January that you have been expecting harvest. Behold, as you enter August, harvest will come to you. And the scripture that the Lord gave us is very, very clear. John chapter 4 verse 35. It says, do people not say for more months then they harvest? It says, look up. It says the fields, that is plural, are ripe for harvest, which means many opportunities that have been hidden from the sight of men because of where they are looking will be made known to you. I told you, when I listened to Boris Johnson's speech, I rejoiced so much that this church will prosper in what he said. I mean, my heart is so full of joy that we will prosper. I guarantee you. We will prosper. Because God is not the God of disorder. For every order of things on earth, he makes way for his children. Those of you who are Nigerians too, I will talk to you before you finish this meeting. Do you know the government in Nigeria now was spoken about in this place? That that man will rule the nation. I remember God said why he will rule again for another time. And I told you, in this, in this final time, I saw three years of his rulership. Let me help you know this. Every God, every righteous man, not, not Christians now, every godly man, I will say, not righteous, because righteous is for Christians. Every godly man, God-fearing people are godly men. 
Christians are righteous by the blood of Jesus. God told me this. Every godly man in Nigeria in this season will prosper in, under that regime. Oh, which me now? I will take you there. We don't know them, but we'll prosper there. Amen. The solution to nations is in the hands of God's people. People always say what people say. Do you say? Do you people not say four months and then have it? You will stop saying what people say. God will open your eyes to see what God is saying. We're going to pray. Open my eyes into the harvest field as I enter into the month of August. The month of August has been declared as the month of my harvest. Father, open my eyes that I may see. I may enter there and lift up your voice and begin to pray. Begin to call your harvest to manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Help me, O God, not to say what people say. Help me to see what heaven is saying about nations. Help me to see what God is saying about people. That I may enter into the harvest you are prepared. Harvest of souls. Financial harvest. Oh Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Harvest of health. People say this sickness kills people. It will not kill you. You will get out of it in the new year. Lift up your voice and pray. The things that people say will not limit you. He says, and the angel that was with me left, and another angel came and said unto me, Say to that young man, Jerusalem shall be a city without war. Every wall around you command them to collapse. Every limitation that devil has placed over your life, enough of it. Every way that people have made you to look astray. Command your heart to come back to God. Command your mind to conceive the mind of Christ and understand it so that you can look into what God is doing. It is your time for harvest. It is not the time of life for you. It is the time to celebrate for you. It is not a time of sorrow. Lord, we pray. Shut the door of what people say, oh God. Open the door of what God is saying to our spirit man that we may understand and we may move in the right direction. The fields, opportunities begin to rise for us, begin to be revealed to us. Solutions begin to rise for us, begin to reveal to us so that we can be the solution to the calamity of nations. We will put the devil to shame in every boundary of the earth that we are located. Oh Lord, we pray thee. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' holy name we have prayed. I speak your blessing upon your people. May the Lord bless you. I say you are blessed by the Lord. As you go out of this building, angels of God will attend to you. We have not finished the month of revelation. They will knock your door as they have knocked my door. They will open your eyes as they have opened my eyes. As they have spoken to me, definite things that will happen on earth, and they did happen to time and month and time and, and, and period. It shall be unto you that the angels of God will open the book of your life. He will show you the way out of predicament. He will lead you to the way of your harvest. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If I prosper in my office, as an apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If I stand in that office to operate in the supernatural that ordinary man cannot do. 
I say, in whatever God has called you, receive grace to function. Receive grace to function. Receive grace to function. You shall be deceived in your calling in the name of Jesus Christ. Those of you who have careers, that is your calling. Those of you who are set up in offices, it is your calling. Those of you who have set up businesses, it's your calling. I say what is in your hand, that which God has given to you to do. In the midst of it, receive the spirit of excellence. Receive the spirit of distinction. You will not be among those that they will manage. You will be an indispensable tool in any organization you are set up. In the name of Jesus Christ, your light will shine in the midst of darkness. You will give light to the whole room in the name of Jesus. And mortal men shall see your good works. Those of you that you have been working hard in your office and they've been setting it apart. I command that as you enter the month of August, the Lord will put you in the heart of those who matter. Those who matter will sit over your case. They will open a book of remembrance concerning you. It is a time to compensate you. It is a time for you to enter harvest. Receive it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The oil that is poured upon the head runs to the collar. You are my witness. Everywhere under heaven God has sent me, nothing could hinder me. Either powers of hell, authorities, or powers of governments. Rather, the God of heaven makes the government to agree and to even sponsor it. As I have not worked to earn that, but God's faithfulness because I sit in my office. As I have not worked to earn visions and revelations, but by God's faithfulness sitting in my office, grace came upon me. Whatever you are doing now, wherever God has positioned you, as you enter the month of August, grace shall follow you. You will function in a dimension that is beyond a normal dimension. A supernatural endowment shall come upon you. The oil put upon my head will run your collar. The God who gave me distinction shall give you distinction. The God who gave me revelation will give you revelation. The God who empowered me will empower you. The God who engraced me will engrace you. The God who loved me, he will love you. The God who lavishes his love over me will lavish his love over you. You will succeed in everything that he has sent you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Someone paid the price. As Kivas say, is it not better for one to die for others? Jesus paid the price by his life. So, if you have been struggling, I speak by the resurrection power that reaches us from the dead, receive ease in your life. Anyone under my voice that has been sick, you are discharged from your sicknesses. Migraine, I command you to depart forevermore. Menstrual pain that is periodic, I command you to cease from today. Every discomfort in the womb, discomfort in the liver, in the kidney, in the bladder, I command you to cease in the name of Jesus. Spine here, the word of the Lord, use central nervous system. The Bible says when God created you, it was perfect. Anything that is defective in the human body, I command perfection into them. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anyone that is oppressed by demons, I say be free in the name of Jesus Christ. 
with the finger of God did devil the Lord rebuke you. People listening to me all over the world at this time and who will listen to my voice thereafter, I say, if you are bound, you are set free. If you have not known Jesus, because some demons are, you know, producing stubborn thoughts in you, I command you and the evil spirit, separate in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I call your heart back to your maker. Be set in the name of Jesus. Be set in the name of Jesus. Be reconciled to God in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bless your name. We glorify thee. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. I don't like that amen. Somebody say amen. Jam your hands together for the king of heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Turn to three people at least around you and tell them that you are blessed. And congratulate them for today. This is our Thanksgiving Sunday. Hallelujah forevermore.